Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. I'm reading two scriptures today. And before I read these, uh, I want to explain to you that the scriptures are from the lectionary. You're going to wonder that when you hear these two scriptures. A lot of times preachers preach sermons and they just pick some of their favorite scriptures. Uh, a lot of times uh, I do that and sometimes uh, I go by the lectionary. Now, this is Advent and there are scriptures selected for this particular Sunday. This is Advent 1. Advent means to come to. Now, I'd like for you to listen for a word that appears over and over as I read first from the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah, and then from the Matthew's gospel. Listen carefully and see if you hear this one word appear over and over for it's the, it's the thrust of our sermon this morning. This is Isaiah chapter 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. As chief among the mountains, it will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And then in Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to put in at the 36th verse. No one knows about that day or about that hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house, let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. 
Did you catch the word? It's there eight times in those two passages. And the word is come, or some form of the word, come. I I want to talk with you this morning in preparation for Christmas in a few weeks on the idea, if Christmas comes, if Christmas comes. Now, immediately, you have a thought also, and the thought also is, uh, is he a weirdo? This is Advent. This is almost Christmas, and he's talking about the second coming. Well, just listen carefully, because that's our, that's our idea for the morning. If Christmas comes, is, is there any possibility that this year Christmas will not come? We're making preparations right now. Can you imagine all the preparations we make and then Christmas doesn't come? How many of you have a tree that you've either purchased this year or it's an it's a artificial tree and you keep in the attic and you've brought it down? How many of you have your tree right now? Let me see. What if you have that tree and you bought it and, and Christmas doesn't come? It's, uh, it's estimated this year that 34 million Christmas trees will either be purchased or pulled down out of the attic, one or the other. Can you imagine all the shopping that you're about to do? And some of you have already started. All the shopping you're going to do. And then we sit there on Christmas Day and Christmas doesn't come. Christmas cards. Can you imagine all those Christmas cards that you're going to send, some of you? And Christmas not coming. Yeah, it it sounds like only a weirdo would try to be a prophet and prophesy something like that, that Christmas won't come. And I say to you, there is a possibility, there is a possibility this year that Christmas won't come. We'll have the forms of Christmas. We'll observe the customs. We'll say the words. We'll sing the carols. We'll do a lot of the things that are really just the form for Christmas. Christmas Day is probably going to come unless the second coming happens between now and December the 25th. The the earth is going to make its 359th revolution around uh, around the sun. And the commercial season's already here. The commercial season, uh, just go in a store. I mean, it started back in September. No, well, it did. I, you know, I expect any year now we're going to celebrate Christmas on July the 4th. It just starts earlier and, and earlier. Angels, nativity scenes, and the festival season is going to be here. Yeah, the school's going to be out. And we're going to get in cars, and some of us will get on airplanes, and we'll go to parties. Oh, it'll be Jingle Bells and Santa and Rudolph and Mistletoe. And the religious season's going to be here, too. Yeah, church is decorated. We've already got the church decorated. The religious season's going to be here. We've got the Hanging of the Greens tonight. It's one of my favorite services we have here. And the pageants besides that the stories that'll be read, and even the sermons that are going to be preached. The religious season is going to come. Christmas has a backward look. 2,000 years ago, God came walking down the stairs of heaven. 
right to this earth, and he's carrying in his arms a child, and he says, here, world, I have a present for you. Here's your gift. I'm giving you a Savior, the Savior for the world. Yeah, the Christmas season, it has a backward look. It also has a present reality in that Christ really must be born in our hearts. There's a famous painting, and I'm sure some of you have seen this painting. It's a painting of a little girl standing in a house, and she's on the inside of the front door. There's a knock on the door, and it's Jesus Jesus knocks on the outside of the door and the little girl is with her father and she's looking at this painting and she sees Jesus knocking on the door and she says to her dad, Dad, did he get in? Did he get in? That's your question this morning. Take it home with you. Live with it these next three weeks. And ask yourself, on December the 25th, did he get into my heart? Revelation 3.20, the verse says, If any man, if any man would seek me, he will find me. If any man, now that means not just man, but it means women too, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door, I will come in. Do you realize this morning that Jesus, Jesus, all he wants is an invitation from you to come in. He stands at the door and knocks. And if we'll but open the door of our heart, then Christmas will come for you this season. And if not, no. Christmas won't really come. It has to have not only a backward reality 2,000 years ago where we do all these things, but it has to have a present reality. The determinant is not Santa down the chimney. It's Christ in the heart. Don't stand up and clap and applaud when I say this next thing. This is going to be a short sermon. And I want to end it by telling you a story. It's a story that happened in the days when Dr. Norman Vincent Peale was pastor of Marble Collegiate Church in New York. He traveled all over the world. Are you familiar with Dr. Norman Vincent Peale? Can I see your hands? Oh, golly, look, over half. Yeah. Dr. Peale traveled the world preaching for Christ. He went all over the world. He went to foreign countries, just innumerous. And Dr. Peel uh, was in Switzerland one year, he and his wife. And there in Switzerland, there was a little girl, uh, I say a little girl, she was an older teen, teenager. She was in her late teens, and the girl met the Peels, and she couldn't speak much English, but she wanted to. And she asked them, is there any way that you could be here long enough to teach me better English? And Dr. Peel and his wife talked about it before they left and said, uh, how would you like to come live with us in New York City? Well, she had heard in New York City, come live with us. And she did. She left. She came to New York City, stayed in their home. 
She kept up with various uh, chores. She would uh, babysit the grandchildren and uh, do many things that she could do in the home there to kind of, in her mind, earn her keep. They didn't feel like she owed them that, but she did things. And it came, uh, Advent, the the Advent season came, and one of the things that they gave her to do was to keep up with the presents. Now, here's a man, Norman Vincent Peale. He goes all over the world. He is beloved by as many people all over the world as any man that's probably been a layperson in the church. Can you imagine how many gifts this man is receiving from people all over the world? They just are piling up. One of her chores was to write down the name of the person, their address, and what the gift was. Well, as the presents piled up, she was overwhelmed. And the reason she was overwhelmed was because she didn't know how she could match any of those gifts. She owed them so much. They had been so good to her. They had helped her so much. And she knew she couldn't get a gift anywhere close to what they had done. But she had an idea. She had an idea, and uh, she took the little money that she had, and she went out on Christmas Eve with that little money and bought a little dress for a young child. And when she finally had the prettiest little dress she could find, she started walking down streets. And if she came to a street that was poorer than the one she was on, She'd turn down that street until she found another street that was even more poor than that street. And she, she just, uh, more and more, as she saw so much poverty, how will I ever find a really poor child and know that it is? And suddenly she heard a tinkling of a bell, and it was a Salvation Army man. You been to Super One yet this uh, year? Well, there's a, there's a nice gentleman that stays out there tinkling that bell. He comes up and shakes hands with me. He comes up and hugs me. And uh, golly, he's making me feel so guilty. I, you know, I try to put something in the pot every time, but he's just, he's just wonderful. He has the Christmas spirit. And she hears that bell tingling. Because in Switzerland, uh, she knows about the Salvation Army. And so she goes as her ears guide her to where that Salvation Army pot is. She goes up and she asks him, do you know where there's a poor street with a poor little girl? I have." And she tells him the story. He says, I get off duty in just a few minutes. If you'll stay here, I'll take you in a cab and I'll find you a really poor child you can give this gift to. And he does. And they get to the stopping point, and uh, she tells him, I want you to take it up to the floor that the baby's on and give this baby this gift and uh, tell them this is, give it in love. And so the, the man does, comes back down. She's waiting in the cab, and uh, the cab driver says, uh, Ma'am, uh, I've heard you, your story. I've heard what you've told this man and uh, I'd like to pay your cab fee and take you right back to where you live. And she gave him the Peel's address, went back there. She came in. It was Christmas Eve. She went to bed the next morning. She got up, 
And here is this stack of presents all around the peel's feet. And they start to open the presents. She's doing her recording. And finally, all the presents are opened. And she says to the peels, I guess you realize that I don't have a present for you. You've been so wonderful to me, and you've given me a present. But you see, I don't have a present for you. It doesn't look like. But then she told him the story that I've just told you. And she says, Dr. and Ms. Peel, I have tried to do a kindness in your name. And the little dress was given to this poor child in your name. I tried to do a kindness in your name. We have Christmas at our house on December the 27th every year. Ann, is that you and Fred back there? Didn't expect y'all this morning. You said you were going to take me out for lunch, didn't you? Yeah. Well, so that makes, I'm really glad to see y'all now. This is John and sister and Fred is her brother-in-law. And so what happens is we gather, hey, men, let me give you a phrase. You've heard this before. Happy wife, happy life. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. So we tell them, look, you, you go to your in-laws Christmas Day and the day after. You know, make everybody happy there. And then you come to our house on the 27th, and, and we'll just do Christmas as if it's the 25th. And we've done this for years. And the kids come, and the grandkids come, and the one great-grandchild comes, and we sit and we open our presents, and then we have our meal. And it's not turkey and dressing. No, it's gumbo. Johnny Lou's from Ponchatoula, and she can do a mean gumbo. And, and we have things like that, you know. We have fish and, and things out of the ordinary. But before we eat, this is what we do. I tell a Christmas story, and I tell a different one every year. And I try to fit one to something of value. Three years ago, we gathered to do all of this. And the story I picked was the one about Ursula that I just told you. And then we opened the presents and time passed. And somehow in the conversation, somehow in the conversation, uh, our grandson, uh, Austin, he lives in uh, Monroe. And some of you know Austin. Most of you know Matt, his father, our son. And uh, Austin's got a uh, old truck. It's not as old as mine now. It's not 39 years old, but it's an old truck. It's not in as good a shape as mine either, but it's an old truck. The reason it's not in as good a shape, that truck started with a friend of Scott's, and he passed it down to Scott. And Scott passed it to me, and I passed it to Matt, and Matt gave it to Austin. It's been through five owners in all these years. It's a 63 model, and it's seen its better days. Christmas passes. I've told the Ursula story. The winter passes, and the spring comes. 
and then the dog days of summer come, and the air conditioner we discover is out on Austin's truck, and he doesn't have money to fix it. Just didn't have enough money to fix it. He's a senior in college this year over at ULM, and he uh, he's he's burning up. He's on the track team. They do four-hour workouts. Can you imagine that? Working out in the middle of the summer for four hours, six days a week, and uh, we're trying to figure out some way to get his air conditioner fixed. And time. Time kind of moves along, and um, one day I get something in the mail. I've saved this for three years. I knew I could use it somewhere along the line, and today's that day. And it's a it's a note card from our daughter Whitney, and Whitney writes on the outside of the envelope. On the inside, there's a large amount of money, a large amount of money. Please put this toward fixing Austin's truck. I'm doing this kindness in yours and mom's name. I sure love y'all, Whitney. Folks, I'll tell you something. Sometimes you think your children are not listening. Sometimes you think your grandchildren may not be listening. But they're listening and they're seeing And I could say the same thing about Scott and Buffy. They're sitting out here in the times that they've done similar things. I try to do a kindness in your and mom's name. Now, I want to tell you, you want to make this the best Advent season you've ever had. Would you like the people to say, hope you have a good Christmas and when it's over, they ask you, did you have a good Christmas? Do you want to be able to say yes to both of those questions? Well, listen to this. You be on the lookout. As this scripture says, you watch, be alert. Because there's somebody out there today and tomorrow and the next day that needs a touch of kindness from you. You want to change your life. You want to change this church. We've been through some... I'm just being honest with you. It's not, I'm not even being brave today to say this. Can't, can't fire me. I'm retired. You go out there and you find some person that needs just a touch of kindness, a touch of forgiveness, a tough touch of compassion. You know what I'm talking about, folks. Are you listening? We got some healing to do. And if you want to get it started and you want it to 
to, to have effect. You find somebody. You don't have to go outside this church. You can do it right here. And you can do a kindness in their name. And it'll make all the difference in your Advent season. I pray that you will do that. I pray that you will do. Advent is a season of good news. It's God with us. We just sang that little short song, Emmanuel, God with us, revealed in us. So if Christmas comes, it will probably come because you do things of kindness along with other things. It's a time of the unexpected gift. That's what Christmas is. A Savior came. A seed has started to grow. A Savior has come. It's a time of gentleness and peace. God is already longing for us. He's moving toward us. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That'll be your question to finish that up. Did you let him in? If Christmas comes... Keep watch. Be ready for the opportunities. It's not the present you spend the big bucks for. It's the things of value in the kingdom that make the difference. And I say today as we close on this, uh, yeah, come Lord Jesus. Come. Come Lord Jesus. My heart's available, and it's open. Would you come in, Lord Jesus? Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for being present with us in this hour. Thank you being with us in all that we do this Advent season. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for all the opportunities that you already have ready for us. Help us to be alert and watchful. Help us to go in your name, O oh Lord, and make a difference in somebody's life. We thank you for this and ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.